Hi, welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast. This week's theme, when you own your voice, you own your power. Featuring sports analyst and good friend, Carissa Thompson. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. Should I sing that song or get on my Jay-Z like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. Probably the latter, because going to games and meeting all of the people that have supported the Renaissance Man podcast, and you know what's happened? People are coming up to me talking about the Renaissance Man podcast and column that they're getting weekly in the New York Post. You guys are telling me y'all leaving five-star comments. Y'all are asking me about the guest. Gone in 60 seconds, last call. I had somebody tell me they're so inspired by last call. They can't miss a day of it. I appreciate you. Thank you for the love. Tell a friend to tell a friend to come get this therapy. Come get this knowledge. Come get this game. But more importantly, come get this love. This week's theme, when you own your voice, you own your power. I want to say rest in peace to Dark Man X, Earl Simmons, DMX, who did so much praying for us. It's only right that we do so for your loved ones and for your family. Rest in power, my brother. He's one of the absolute best at not only capturing an audience, but saying something that makes you think about it twice, that makes you think about it three times, and then makes you want to act on it and stand on it. That's who DMX was. That's why this week's theme was extremely important to me. And it's called, when you own your voice, you own your power. DMX owned his voice. It was extremely powerful. But as an athlete in college, I didn't know my voice. There were a few times in college that I wanted to use my voice for its power, but it was just getting muzzled and suppressed. It's when I realized that in theory, signing a letter of intent binds you to a shoe contract, but yet, You're not getting paid, and the use of the gear is restricted. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So the coach gets blank check to wear the shoes. Schools get blank check for us to wear the shoes. We get no check to wear the shoes. We only get a couple of pairs, and we're not getting paid? I don't like that. None of us did. You know what we did? We did a silent protest. There were games where we took the floor with blank shirts that didn't have the University of Michigan on them. 
because we felt like you guys got a shoe contract. We don't. We're not getting paid. And you know what else collegiate athletes have done to them time and time again? Their voices are muzzled. There was a player at East Tennessee State this year, college basketball, took a knee peacefully during the national anthem, ostracized. College coaches are the power. They are the voices. The institution rakes in the dollars. The players in, out, rinse and repeat. But the game is changing. Players are going overseas. LaMelo Ball, for example. Players are going to the G League. Jalen Green, for example. There are now alternatives to going to college. But when you go to college, know this. You are giving up the power of your voice. And when I realized that, I immediately started taking communications classes, radio, TV, film. That was my major. My voice was not going to be muzzled on the next level. I made sure. After playing two or three years in the league, I started working in the media. I make sure I own my voice because I understand it makes me own my power. And so whether it's about George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, whether it's Stop Asian Hate, whatever the cause is, I'm going to own my voice. I appreciate having the platform of the New York Post. It's given me a voice, which is powerful. My next guest has been owning her voice in a powerful way her entire career. Up next, sports analyst, Carissa Thompson. This is a labor of love. And if I don't like you, you won't be on the show. If you're not interested, I'm never going to say your name. This person is both. And I love her so much and she's a longtime friend of mine. Please welcome to one of the most talented and hardworking people in entertainment and sports. Carissa Thompson, welcome to the show. I was about to look around to see who you were talking about. Jay, thank you. You know how much I love you. We go back a long way. So much so that, again, and I say this lovingly to your wife, I wanted to name my child after you because I was such a huge fan of yours growing up. I wanted my first child to be named Jalen. And then, of course, we ended up working together and, and now your family. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And I love to see my friends, you know, mature. You know, look at your hair. Look at your shirt. You got a piano in the back. Uh, I can play the piano. There's a p- You're rich. You're rich. I remember when you were slumming in this <sighs> industry. Like, what, what is happening right now? You're rich. You know what I'm saying? And it makes me so happy. Well, don't get it twisted. This is still a weave. That was from Craigslist, and I've decorated this myself. So I don't want to have you, you know, not keep it real here. Got it. But I appreciate you. Yeah, I did did grow up a little bit. So the world knows you as a big-time sports analyst and personality, but you're a Seattle native, as I know. Mm -hmm. How did your hometown shape you into the Carissa Thompson you are today? Ah, I love that question. This is why you're the professional. Uh, You know, Jalen, I, growing up, I grew up in the same small town that my parents did. My parents met when they were in junior high. 
They got married when they were 18. Whoops, my mom was pregnant. My dad said, we're doing this. Cut to 42 years later, they're still married. Uh, you know, I had the same math teachers that they had. So I come from a, a small town and I come from a family that, you know, you start this thing together, you're going to finish it together and you're going to remain humble about doing it. Uh, I had my first job when I was 16. My parents said, you know, we don't have any money. So you, you better figure out how to work because we're just kids raising kids mm. kind of a thing. So when I wanted to go to college, I was like, I want to go to California. I went out of the rain. I hate this town, the whole thing. My highlight was the Sonics. They got rid of the Sonics. I said, peace, I'm out of this place. Uh, but my parents were like, we don't have any money. So you got to go to community college for the first couple of years. And, you know, you got to pay your, your own way. So to get back to the question, I think, Jalen, it always comes back to me that whatever I'm doing in life, I know that I have to go back to Seattle where my family is, mm -hmm. where my brother and sister live 10 minutes away from my parents. And will I be proud to go back home and have them be proud of me? And uh, I think that there's always sort of this responsibility I have as I know that you felt like that in your life where you just want to make your, your family proud. So Seattle is a very humble place that reminds me to, to stay real. You've always done a terrific job of making your hometown proud and representing it to the fullest and always keeping your brand classy. So when I was thinking of the name of this episode, I decided on when you own your voice, you own your power. Hmm. You've been a power player in sports media for a while. How has the industry changed for women since you started in the industry? Hmm. I love that. Jalen, you are good. I need to take notes on how to ask <laughs> questions. My goodness. I, need, I mean, I need to go back to school. You know, you told me something when, when I got to ESPN. And again, like many people, ESPN for me, I mean, I grew up wanting to be a sports broadcaster. My brother because he's white. I made him be Jay Buhner. I said, you can't be Griffey. You have to be. And uh, I had a paper towel roll with a tennis ball and I, and he was two years older than me. So he was like, you know, cool guy. I didn't want to be bothered with the little sister. I was like, Jason, please let me pretend like I'm interviewing you so I can put this on tape. And then hopefully one, you know, one day I can show everyone I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. So he let me interview him. But the, uh, the point was, is that this is always something I wanted to do. And ESPN was always that place that I wanted to get to. And I remember I got there and I was so excited, but you said to me, I'll never forget this. When people still ask, like, so what's some of the best advice you ever got? You said, appreciate your position, but plan your promotion. Mm. And I've, it's always stuck with me because, you know, in this world, uh, this idea of like, oh, when we get there, we'll be happy. When we get there, we'll be happy. When we get there, we'll be happy. And everyone's like, just be happy where you are. I am. I'm happy mm -hmm. where I am. But I'm always thinking about, okay, what's next? And that doesn't mean that I'm not satisfied. It just means that I'm, I'm trying to maximize the opportunities and the potential in this window. And again, being a female in the industry and all of the things that come with that and the, the generic, like, oh, your window, your shelf life is short. The question is, how has it changed? I don't think the shelf life is short anymore. I don't think it's you age yourself out that you Agreed. once you get to a certain age that, you know, you have to be more behind the scenes, man, there, that is not the case. Look at the landscape of TV. And then I think that getting older actually helps cement for me, or it's allowed me to sort of have like a footing 
in the position that I'm in because I do have the experience and that experience matters. So when I first started, I thought, oh, I have to get everything in now because I don't have much time. I don't have much time. I'm going to get lines on my face. They're going to, you know, find someone (laughs) younger, find someone this, all the stuff. But now the experience, I think, is my biggest asset. So that is something where I still appreciate my position, but I plan my promotion and I do it with a little bit more experience behind me. That's well said. And I appreciate you actually not only listening to that advice, but taking heed to it. Because as you know, sports, entertainment and multimedia, it's a dog eat dog world. Every time you're on TV, people are texting their agents saying, why isn't that me? Mm-hmm. You know, look at her outfit. Look at her hair. You mm-hmm. know, she messed up that introduction. How have you been able to maintain your discipline and your professionalism in a high profile for so very long and be so good at your job? Well, I appreciate, uh, you know, the sentiment and I appreciate your endorsement as your opinion uh, means a lot to me as someone I've looked up to for a long time. But being real, I haven't had... Uh, <laughs> a sterling reputation that I had my privacy invaded, right? Which then became public, which then becomes comments still. I mean, this was only, this was whatever it was, three, three years ago or whatever. I Mm -hmm. I had my privacy violated and those comments still to this day, I have to delete off my Instagram Mm -hmm. comments. I have to, you know, sort of answer to, but as most things in my life, again, I was a victim of something, but it, now puts you in a position to be judged. I meet most things with humor. It's my way of Mm self-deprecating. I say what I I know everybody else is already thinking. So I take their power, at least what I believe is the power that they think they have. Mm -hmm. So saying like, oh, cool, you guys seen the videos, seen the pictures. Well, you know everything (laughs) about me. I'm a great girl. (laughs) I just say it because now it's like, all right, what do you have? What, what else do you got? If that's all you had, well, then, mm-hmm. it's, then we can keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about my professionalism showing up on Sunday or doing that interview. I can still feel like a professional no matter what happened to me personally, because mm-hmm. the way that I'm authentically dealing with it, that's just how I feel that I can get through things is, Hey, I'm human. I had something really bad happen to me, but my employer Again, this is where Fox is so incredible. Mm-hmm. When, my, uh, when that all happened to me, I'll never forget this. My bosses put me on a plane to the NFC Championship game. It makes me want to cry. Into Philadelphia to be with all the guys because I'm crying. You're making me cry. You are a great mm. interviewer. I'm already crying. <laughs> because they were like, hey, this bad thing happened to you, but like, we want you to be with your family and your family was like, they were all on the road for the NFC championship game. So anyways, so I flew there and I wasn't even working. I just was with them and they were like so wonderful to me. And so I'll never forget that, that even though most people, like people make comments like, Oh, how are you still employed after that or this or that? And I want to be like, (laughs) Because something bad happened to me that I have to be fired over it. No. Instead, my employer wrapped their arms around me and they were like, we got you. So I don't even know what your initial question was because now I'm crying. But I think it's just about remaining authentic, even if it's a crappy thing that happened. And I know how much that hurt you. And 
it would hurt any of us. But you're one of the strongest people I know. And so for the public to break down the wall of Carissa, that was a mighty thing for me. I knew that this had gone too far. And so it's almost like if somebody breaks into your house, right? It's like you might feel a little funny still wanting to sleep there. Like how, like when people come up to you, ask for pictures, ask for autographs, like how can you like still be nice to the world? Well, I mean, don't get it wrong. I mean, again, like I'm not you. Uh, I'm not walking down the street and recognize like that. But, you know, I think that the emotion that just came out was, I think, because I'm close to you, but it's, it's just frustrating that you can be a victim of something and then have to defend your position. Whereas that's not, I, I think that that was hard for me. Because again, I meet things with humor. And like I said, you know, take away the power of somebody else by saying what you know that they're already thinking. But that still doesn't like negate the fact that like it hurts or it doesn't feel good to like be looked at differently. All that said is that I I just want to continue to to do television or mm-hmm. to, you know, and whether it was my time in entertainment that I quickly realized <laughs> I didn't know who half these celebrities were and still my boss was awesome. And she gave me the opportunity and I was like, who is this person? I felt like the person that was like, Hey, I want to be a sports broadcaster. And then they get into sports. Like, I don't know who that person is. I'm like, why are you here? You like to be a sports broadcaster. You need to know your stuff. I didn't know my stuff in entertainment because it wasn't something I was passionate about. So that's why I quickly was like, okay, we're going to exit stage left here. We're going to go back into sports full time. But it was again, amazing opportunities, Jalen, that I've been afforded that I do not take for granted because I think it's all, you know, in the chapter, we all have a book of our life. And my dad Mm -hmm. has this great expression. If you don't like the way it's going, start rewriting it because you're Mm -hmm. the author of your own story. So for me, you know, when all that stuff was happening to me, he's like, hey, that's embarrassing. You know, your parents and like, you know, know that stuff or whatever, or be a part of a Google search. But he was like, hey, he goes, look, your book just got a little bit more interesting. Not my thing. <laughs> it's weird. Like that's what you can do these days. That chapter is part of your story. So again, like, I think that it's, it's a combination of continuing to appreciate opportunities that I'm given mm-hmm. in spite of what's happened. And look, I'm not trying to play the victim here. A, a lot of people have bad things happen to them, but it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. So for me, it's, Hey, let's keep going. This thing is a marathon and we're only yes. on mile 15. Hopefully. You've been a, a game changer in a lot of ways though. And I appreciate your humility. What changes would you like to see made to advance women in positions of power in sports media in the future? Oh, I, I mean, you see more more incredible individuals like Doris Burke, uh, you know, being able to, to look at a woman or Andrea Kramer or uh, Hannah Storm do it on um, Amazon for Thursday Night Football and calling mm. the game and having a, a, a dual female booth. More opportunities like that. You know, we see it. We see it in a lot of spaces. I have to say, I know that the growth of women in this industry seems like it's it moved at a glacial pace for a little while. But now if you look at this landscape, you can't turn on the television without seeing females in predominant positions in sports. And I feel very lucky that I get to host a pregame show for the NFL and there's no one else that gets to do that for a pregame show. So I do feel very privileged to have that opportunity as well as I'm sure a lot of the women that are in positions that 
used to only be occupied by men. So yeah, I mean, the race in that respect isn't over, but I do feel very grateful for the people that have paved the path before us. Mm -hmm. And again, I always think about it like this, that although I'd like to believe that this profession can last a long time for me, you know, as I was talking about earlier, but there will be a time where there's going to be somebody else that sits in that chair. And I hope that I can, oh, I don't hope I will be gracious enough to pass that baton. It's the same thing, you know, whether when you were playing basketball, yep. there's going to be mm-hmm. somebody else wearing that uniform in that locker room. And then your next chapter very successfully transitions into broadcasting. I mean, I remember when you used to come on the best damn sports show, mm-hmm. you know, and like, think about how and you and Michael, and you were still playing. It's like, mm-hmm. think about how Crazy. you guys had the mindset to think like, Hey, maximize these opportunities. And now, I mean, how many guys that, you know, are like, how do I, you know, they just think it's a foregone conclusion to go into broadcasting. Mm Yeah, You know, it's so interesting, right? Think about like how, how there weren't a lot of those uh, positions before, don't you think? Correct. But share with the audience, the hard work and dedication you have to put in behind the scenes that actually goes into your job. It's a great question. I, I think that for me, it was do any job that puts you in a position to get closer to the dream job. And in in my particular case, Mm. right out of college, I knew I wanted to be, I wanted to work uh, at at ESPN, but I I wasn't, you know, on the East coast, I was in LA. So I was like, okay, Fox sports. So how can I get into that building? So I took the only job that was available in that building, which was human resources, which I have no business being in human resources (laughs) ever. I was like drinking on my (laughs) Oh my God. So I took that job Then that job, I would, I would sneak up to the highlights department at night because I had to sneak up there because it would be an HR violation if I still was working in the building past nine hours. Mm -hmm. And I would go up there and I would log tapes and then I became a production assistant and I moved to Denver and there was a girl that was on air there and they didn't renew her contract. And I was like, please just like, I'm going to do a few standups. If I'm terrible, you don't have to like hire me, but like, let me just show you what I can do. And then they let me slowly, but surely like do more and more and more. So the path for me was do anything, any job, don't be above it. Don't just think like, Oh, I'm going to get some big market job. I got lucky that I got to go to Denver, but be willing to go to a small market. I know a lot of people like, I don't want to go to that small town. Okay, cool. Well then you don't want it bad enough because like anything in life, if you aren't willing to put in the work, then you don't deserve you know, the outcome, you don't deserve that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And that doesn't mean that it always even works out. You, you know, some people might do all the right things and it still doesn't get there. Very similar to athletes, you know, where these Mm -hmm. guys have tremendous potential and they, you know, are are great players, but just never have success at that next level. So I I think for me, it's always put in the work uh, and then you won't be surprised by the outcome one way or the other. And lastly, we had your partner in crime, EA. Aaron Andrews on the show. What a gal. She And you two guys are releasing a podcast. Congratulations. Well, it's called know. Calm Down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can listeners expect to get from Calm Down that they can't get from you ladies from anywhere else in your 150 other jobs? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, we looked around and we're like, hey, this podcast thing. maybe we should try it. Even if no one listens, it's a great forum for us to just talk. So our husbands are like, great. You've talked for an hour and a half. That's less talking. We have to hear from you. Correct. Uh, So we're able to get out all of our stuff there, but also, you know, Jalen, going back to when I broke down in tears that, you know, Aaron and I 
again, in the, in the grand scheme of things, everyone's got some chapter of their story. That's tough. Of course it makes people who they are, but Aaron and I have been through different, but similar situations Mm -hmm. as it pertains to, you know, the the victimization of, of privacy. And I think that Aaron and I have gotten very comfortable with saying and doing things that we wouldn't have before. I've always been, you know me, I've always been like, ah, here I am, like whatever. Uh, it's taken Erin a, a self-admittingly, it's taken her a longer time to get to that place. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we actually have the same birthday, May 4th, and she's four years older than I am. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm older, but, you know, it took me longer to be comfortable <laughs> with who I am. So I think calm down, it comes at a perfect time in our lives where we're both very comfortable with who we are, good, bad. I mean, we, we get it. Not everyone likes us. We're cool with that, but we are who we are. And if you like us, you like us. And if you don't, then we'll still be nice to you. So yeah, we're, we're excited about the opportunity. And, and look, even, even in this platform, on this platform with you today and getting me to cry. I mean, I don't cry uh, about, uh, that stuff anymore, but it's an opportunity to just be real. And a lot of that has to do with who's asking the question. So I appreciate you. And yeah, calm down is also a nod to us because we need to bring it down like 10 notches, uh, in life. And just uh, Kevin Hart was our first guest and we oh. asked him to give out a calm down award. And he said, you know, everyone just needs to just not take everything so seriously. You know, mm-hmm. there's a time and a place to be serious, but also, man, this is a, this life is a good thing we got. So yeah. uh, every now and then, just take a deep breath, look around, and and laugh it off. I really appreciate you being open and honest, and you know how much I love you, and we go back a long way. And it meant a lot for me to have you on the show. And that's why these rapid fire questions. I hope you're ready. Put your seatbelt on. Because it's time for us to get gone. I love in rapid 60 fire. seconds. Let's do it. You ready for this, Krista Thompson? Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Name a celebrity you like to see be commissioner of a major sports league. Larry David. <laughs> That's a good one. I tried to copy him in Jalen versus everybody. I love <laughs> the show. Last concert you went to. Dan and Shay, country. I ain't mad at And you know I know a grand total of zero of their songs. And that makes me happy. If you retire from sports, you be in what industry? Ooh, uh, I would be a kindergarten teacher. That is awesome. Yeah. I like that for you. You're intelligent and you're thoughtful. Your podcast is called Calm Down. After a long day of work, what's the first thing you do to calm down? Uh, I grab a glass of wine or a Coors Original, depending on my mood. Yes, indeed. I like that. Red for me. Last but not least, you're from Seattle. Who should you give a key to the city to? Mm -hmm. Gary Payton and Sean Kemp or Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman? I mean, before you even gave me the option, I was already saying Gary. Gary Payton. (laughs) There is no day that Gary Payton should not be the mayor of that city, to have the key to the city, that he's got that city's heart. I mean, Seattle is Gary Payton. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, man. Thanks for the versatility, Carissa Thompson. I appreciate you. I love you. Love you too. Health and blessings. You too, Jay. Thank you so much. Only you could make me cry. Family. Last call.
This week's last call is about the importance of moving forward. I like to use the example of sharks in the water. They have to move forward in order to breathe. Our lives are the same way. Take our guest, Carissa Thompson, for example. She could have disappeared and canceled herself, but she has pressed forward with her life, which has allowed her inner freedom and happiness today. Here are some steps I take to help me move forward. Don't give up. Once you quit, it is never quite the same. Whether it's in a relationship, a job, or in your life, you are in charge of your choices. Next, stay positive. The world is not your enemy. I know you got a chip on your shoulder. I know you're upset about the past. I know you have pain. I know you have hurt. But when you walk around when your face balled up and your fist balled up and your hands are just really closed, you know what you can't do? Receive your blessings. Even making a little progress can go a long way. Check this out. If you improve by 1% every day, then in 100 days, guess what? You'll be 100% better. And always remember that life moves on. So should we. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.